Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join the discussion, email us at yogahour at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and I'll be sharing with you today some insights and practices from the spiritual tradition of yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization. Yoga is a familiar word to many, um, but not everyone understands its deepest meaning, referring to Union or unity, the oneness, bringing our attention and our awareness to rest consciously in our essential spiritual nature. You can think of it as being restored to our original wholeness, being fully awake, conscious of that which we are, abiding in the awareness of our true self. It is self-realization, knowing our spiritual nature, and then, of course, living in harmony with it. Today's topic is part two of a conversation with Roy Eugene Davis, taking a look at how it is possible by wholesome living, development of intellectual and intuitive abilities, meditation practice, and divine grace to experience rapid spiritual growth that results in illumination of consciousness in just a few years. Um, Roy Eugene Davis is the spiritual director of Center for Spiritual Awareness with World Headquarters in Lakemont, Georgia. He's author of many books on meditation, Kriya Yoga philosophy and practice, and healthy living. He's the editor and publisher of Truth Journal magazine and also publishes monthly study lessons for CSA members around the world. When he was just 18 years old, he read Paramahansa Yogananda's Autobiography of a Yogi and immediately sensed a spiritual connection with Yogananda and the Kriya Yoga tradition. In December of 1949, he traveled uh, cross-country to Los Angeles, California to meet his guru, Parmansaji, and he was accepted for monastic discipleship training and ordained by him then in 1951. Mr. Davis has now been teaching for over 60 years. Some of his books are published in 10 languages and in 11 countries. His website is csa-davis.org. Welcome, Roy. I'm so delighted that you're back with us on the Yoga Hour today. Thank you, Ellen. It's a pleasure to be with you and the listeners to this program. And before we begin our conversation about what it means to know God and a little bit more about self and God realization, let's just take a moment for centering meditation. We 
we open our hearts and our minds to divine omnipresence, recognizing one reality called by many names is the source and the support, the substance of all that is. So right where we are right now, we can recognize this one reality, this divine essence is present fully and completely as you, as me, as everyone, as everything. It is around us, within us, between us. So simply use your breath to help you anchor your attention in this present moment. Become fully present to yourself, to your divine self. As you breathe in, feel that you're bringing your awareness within, consciously abiding in that which you are, pure existence being, pure spirit. As you breathe out, let go of any restless thoughts, any concerns for the past or the future, and simply be present now. Noticing, being aware of your breathing. And when we consciously and intentionally turn our attention within in this way, acknowledging the spiritual nature of our being, and inviting our attention and awareness to rest in that, we can begin to be aware of the peace of our soul, of our essential nature. We can feel that peace. We can notice it. Let's invite that peace right now to pervade the mental field. Feel that your mind is peaceful. Your thoughts are well-ordered. Your discernment is clear and your intuition is awakened. And feel that this peace pervades your body. Your body is relaxed and energetic, healthy, strong. And as we conclude this moment of meditation, let's share that peace with all beings everywhere. So simply send forth your thoughts of loving kindness, your wishes for the well-being of all. In the first segment of this program this morning, I want to talk about what does it mean to say that one can know God and um, discern a little more about what these terms self and God-realization mean. Paramahansa Yogananda said, that person is wisest who aspires to know God, and that person is most successful who realizes God. Oh. Let us think about that term and how we use it and what it means. So, Roy, let us begin with, how do you define God? And do you think it matters how a person thinks about God? All right. First, I'll uh, share my understanding of that reality that uh, people refer to as God. Of course, they use, in many cultures, they use a variety of names to indicate that or point to that. To me, there is only one ultimate reality, one highest reality. And um, so I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm non-dualistic. I, I, I just see one reality. It has, as I see it, an absolute or pure essence which is called the the transcendent aspect or essence, which is simply pure existence, which 
can be experienced but not comprehended by the mind because it is outside the field of space and time uh, and beyond the possibility of conceptualizing mentally. But that reality obviously has an aspect with characteristics and uh, attributes uh, which make possible its uh, production of universes. And uh, so I see the two two aspects of that one reality, and then from that, the universes can be manifested, and we can talk about that later. Uh, I don't think it really matters in the beginning uh, what a person, how a person thinks of God, as long as their concept of God provides for them a sense of communion or a pre- existence of a presence of a larger reality. Uh, I think it's important if one is sincerely intent on knowing the reality of God, that not one that one not cling to uh, concepts or opinions, but be willing to uh, be open to discovery uh, as their consciousness becomes more uh, illumined. So I think in time, all of our concepts of that reality will be transcended, and we will just see it or discern it as it really is. Uh, so that is my that is my understanding of that reality. Mm-hmm. So um, what I am understanding from what you're saying is that a person can begin wherever they are. You know, however they think of God, but if they are then following um, a path that allows them to uh, quiet the mind and um, awaken their powers of discernment, um, then they will begin to have um, a deeper understanding, a clearer understanding, and then ultimately an experience of that reality that that may or may not then change uh, the understanding that they began with. Yes, I see that. It's a matter of, I think, of revelation. I call it self-revelation. That is the emergence from within us of our innate knowledge at the deepest core of our being, according to yoga philosophy, that we are units of one reality, the, the, the absolute essence of reality. Therefore, uh, we are, we are uh, individualized units of pure consciousness, and being individualized units of pure consciousness, what is true of the larger reality must be true of us. So we have within us innate knowledge of the wholeness of that reality. And as our mind is calm and as we we experience an emergence of that knowledge like revelation from within us, then we, we, it seems to us that we begin to discover what that reality is. Mm-hmm. But it comes from the inside. So according to yoga philosophy, all we have to do is learn how to calm the mind and clarify our awareness so that our innate knowledge can be unveiled and spontaneously emerge. Then we will see it as it is. And when we do, then we are said to be God-realized. The word realized means to uh, experience and know something. So to be God-realized is to both experience and accurately know that one reality for what it is. And, and so this is really, as you just explained, this is really the basis for the the claim in, in uh, or the assertion in yoga teachings that it is possible to realize God or to know God. That that claim is is based on um, the teaching that we are not separate from that reality. So yes. we can we can know it um, and we can experience it directly because it is. Uh, what we what we are, um, so it it also would seem that at some point um, through that direct experience, one uh, would have to release the idea that that God or this reality is separate, right? Yes, uh, yes. Contemplation of the, that reality uh, that reality requires, if we're going to have uh, insight into it, 
requires that we leave our preconceived notions about it off to one side while we are looking at it. And uh, a dictionary definition of contemplation, which I like, uh, because it fits into our uh, this, uh, I, the yoga yoga theory of practice. Uh, contemplation is looking at something with with keen expectation of of discovery. So that's what I mean when I refer to meditative contemplation. We are looking at that ultimate reality with keen anticipation or expectation of discovery, just as when we are meditating and endeavoring to be self-knowing or self-realized, we examine, look at our essence as we understand it to be, and with this anticipation and expectation of discovery. So eventually then we our attention will shift from looking at it to actually experiencing it for what it is. Mm. And just as God-realization is experience and knowledge of that reality we call God, so self-realization is direct experience without the need of the senses or the emotions or the mind, direct experience of our essence of being, our true self, along with knowledge of it. And all, all of the great saints of uh, of, uh, of, of all enlightenment traditions through the ages have testified that it is possible to be self and God realized. Mm-hmm. And to have the direct experience of truth or this highest um, reality. As you uh, describe contemplation, um, this examination with the expectation of of knowing or discovery um I, i'm i'm reminded that that this is this is really a quality of faith um that that we bring in the beginning that that we have expectation that it is possible and certainly hearing hearing the teachings um can um be uh can instigate that that faith. It sort of begins to stir within us. You know, I know for me when I first heard uh, you speak about this philosophy, and in particular this this non dualistic philosophy that there is only one reality and we are that. You know, I I, I felt that this was was true. You know, I hadn't experienced it, but it began to um, stir. You know, inside of me, mm-hmm. and and to um, to quicken my faith, and so it it brought with it some energy of um, you know yearning to experience it for myself and to discover it, and and so this contemplation, I think, is supported by. You know, of course, meeting um, one's guru, one's spiritual teacher who will offer that teaching, the quickening comes with that. But, but also even just reading or hearing this teaching uh, will begin to um, help us remember. Yes, uh, yes. I remember when I began to read uh, about world religions uh, when I was in high school, obtaining, I obtained books from the county library. And when I read about some of these Christian mystics, and the life of Buddha and other transcendentalists who claim to have experienced a higher realities, something inside of me responded and said, yes, that's possible, it's true, and I want to be like that, and I can. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we recognize at a certain stage of our spiritual awakening, we recognize what is true uh, to some extent, and there is a response from within us that 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 is just comes forth and we want to we want to know we, we, and we know that we can know and and that's where this faith comes in this mm-hmm. we don't know it yet but we know that we can mm-hmm. so when we come back from the break um, we'll talk a little bit about how one who aspires to realize God can succeed and we'll take a look at just a little glimpse into this cosmic manifestation process. You're listening to the Yoga Hour with guest Roy Eugene Davis and um, you can find useful articles, podcasts and video links on his website, Center for Spiritual Awareness and that is csa-davis.org We'll be right back with you.
Unity Online Radio is affiliated with Unity, a nonprofit organization specializing in prayer, publishing, and spiritual education. If you enjoy our programming and would like to support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now to make a contribution. You can make a one-time or recurring monthly donation. Thank you. He's the most talked about figure in history. How do you see Jesus? As a savior, a way shower, a mythical hero. In his cutting-edge new book, Jesus 2.1, an upgrade for the 21st century, Reverend Dr. Thomas Shepard explores the many human concepts of Jesus. The man of Nazareth has been an imaginary spiritual playmate for millions. Best friend, confidant, silent lover, surrogate father, brother, husband, trusted king when earthly governments fail, all-purpose superhero who will save the day before the final credits roll. Jesus is like a program that has been adapted through the ages while the basic code remains undisturbed despite all subsequent modifications. Now it is our time to rewrite and reinstall the Jesus program with updates for today, just as every previous generation has done and every subsequent generation will do. The Romans killed Jesus for being a revolutionary. Every succeeding generation kills him anew by losing sight of the ongoing revolution in human consciousness that he represents. Explore the new book, Jesus 2.1, at www.shopunity.org. Reverend Paulette's mantra is, it's all a prayer. Tune in every Tuesday as Unity Minister Paulette Pipe leads you in meditation and prayer on touching the stillness. Make no mistake, this is not nap time. With an energy that will captivate you, touching the stillness will guide you in deep meditation, leaving you enlivened. Hear astounding meditations and learn more about different forms of meditation. Enrich your prayer life as Reverend Paulette, Senior Minister of Touching the Stillness Ministries, affirmatively prays with power and authority by taking live prayer requests from callers like you. Whether you have a prayer request for yourself or for a loved one or are ready for a deepened meditation experience, make sure you tune in on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Central Time, where we'll be joining in consciousness with the unceasing prayer activity of the Silent Unity 24-7 Prayer Ministry at Unity Village. That's Touching the Stillness with Rev. Paulette Pipe every Tuesday right here on Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Letting go in the stillness. You're listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien. I'm joined today by Roy Eugene Davis, a direct disciple of Paramahansa Yogananda. In the last segment, we were talking about our ability to awaken spiritually, to be self and God realized, to know the truth of our being, to know what God is. And so well, let's start off this segment with um, taking a look at how a person who deeply aspires to realize God can succeed with that. What, how, would you, how would you direct a person who says, I want to know God? I would first say, first, acquire as much intellectual understanding as possible about higher realities and your true nature and also the natural laws of cause and effect, so you can live effectively in the world. And live holistically, that is, to the best of your ability, try to integrate harmoniously your spiritual, mental, emotional, 
physical and environmental components of your life so that you're living uh, with relative ease and grace in the in the everyday world uh, so you can be free relatively free from stress and strain and then uh, engage in uh, uh, effective spiritual practices uh, including uh, uh, meditation, of course, on a daily schedule uh, to calm the mind and to clarify awareness. Uh, all of these practices in the Kriya Yoga tradition are simply called Kriyas or actions or procedures that we use. And in the Patanjali Yoga Sutra, in the second uh, sutra of, uh, of the second uh, book, book or chapter, really, we call it, Patanjali wrote 2,000 years ago that Kriya Yoga, that is these practices, uh, they, are, they are practiced to remove all obstacles to use the Sanskrit word samadhi or oneness realization. In other words, if we do the right things to calm the mind and clarify our awareness and uh, be psychologically and physically healthy, uh, then our innate, innate uh, knowledge is going to emerge spontaneously, and we will be God-realized or self-realized, God and God and self-realized. So it's a matter of being intentional and somewhat intensive. By the intensive, I don't mean forceful, but be focused, concentrated. Are we sincere about our uh, aspiration to be spiritually awake? Many people say, oh, yes, I'm sincere, but they devote only a fraction, small fraction of their time to even thinking about others, uh, how they live and, and the ultimate uh, goal that they say, say that they want, to, they want to realize. So that's why I emphasize early morning meditation on a regular daily schedule as a foundation practice because, number one, it is spiritually beneficial, and two, that... It, uh, is confirmation that we have our priorities straight. Self-realization is our number one priority, and therefore we should devote attention to it first thing in, in, the, in the early morning. That is my recommendation. Mm. So it, it, it be, you begin the day, begin the day and set that template. Um, After 60 the- years, you mentioned I've been active teaching 60 <laughs> years, and uh, I still, early morning, uh, around 5 a.m. in the morning, I sit and meditate for an hour or so, mm. uh, seven days a week, and sometimes longer on, certain, on special days or if I feel inclined to be more reclusive. But every day, seven days a week, I have that regular schedule, and I don't say, oh, I don't feel like it today, or I'm too busy today, or I can't concentrate today. I sit in, in the silence and do it. Mm. And of course, my guru, is... Paramahansa Yogananda, uh, used to spend two or three hours every morning, early morning, in his in his private uh, quarters, in his private room, at the Self-Realization Fellowship headquarters, and that was his practice for years. And someone who knew him for many years talk, talked to him one time, and and said, "Sir, I I've known you for many years, and you you always appear to me to be God conscious." At all times, why do you spend uh, that private time every morning in uh, your in meditation and your personal prayers and devotions? And he said, how can I share the Spirit of God with others if I am not drenched in it myself? Mm. So he set the example to us. Mm-hmm. He, he did, and he, he also, um, you know, in being able to read his writings in autobiography, autobiography of a yogi and and other uh, things that he has written it's so helpful because he often shares his own um challenges that he overcame you know so i also read um you know his writing about you know getting his meditation established as his Mm -hmm. priority you know and he he wrote about that in the beginning you know he he would tell himself you know even though his guru sri yukteswar told him to meditate every day you know he he would say well you know i'll I'll meditate later but then Mm -hmm. he said i found that later never came 
And so, you know, I had to um, make it a priority, as you say, and put it first. Um, and then I, I think he said, you know, make make an appointment with God and keep that daily appointment. Right. I remember um, a sto- I remember a story that he told about his his relationship with his guru or his teacher, Sri Yukteswar, when. He, he was looking for 10 years from the age of 17 to the age of 27 before he came to America. And uh, shortly after they had uh, he had, had established the relationship, Yukteswar uh, had told his guru, had told him, meditate every morning and every night before you go to sleep. And one day there was a festival day in India, and so they made special arrangements at the ashram to welcome guests and pilgrims who would be coming and to prepare food for them and have uh, some, some discourses, some talks. And late at night, after everyone had gone, a Yogananda and a few of his uh, brother disciples cleaned the pots and pans and put everything away. And it was late at night, and he went back to his room, and he said he was tired to the bone. And he, he said, surely today has been karma yoga, it has been service, <laughs> and we have served devotees. Surely, Guru, Guruji won't mind if I, I don't meditate tonight. So he, he reclined and put his head on the pillow, and every few minutes his conscience would get to him and said, Oh, you better meditate. And finally he thought to himself, All right, just for a few minutes. And he sat up and he plunged into meditation. And a long time later, an hour or two later, after an ecstatic experience, he came out of meditation. And uh, and he used to conclude the story by saying, "See what I would have missed <laughs> if I hadn't meditated." <laughs> exactly. So he he was very very adamant and consistent in encouraging us to meditate every day without fail. And um, you know, as you say, when when we have that uh, commitment, um, it aligns with the divine intention i think that is within us you know to experience the truth of our being and to consciously rest in that so if we find you know that we wander away from that our conscience will pull at us and 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 let us know um so when we're talking about the practices of uh kriya yoga of course um super conscious meditation as you've been uh speaking about that but there's also this practice of uh contemplation meditative contemplation or studious self-inquiry that can allow one to examine the nature of reality or to know about this process of um, manifestation, you know, how we got here, uh, what it's it's about. Well, why is it considered important for um, a true student or seeker of enlightenment to know about the cosmos and what life is and how it manifests. Um, why is that important? Well, if we ha- if we have a de- some degree of intellectual uh, comprehension, then when our own I- innate knowledge begins to emerge and we begin to make these in- first intuitive and then direct revelation discoveries, then we we have we we have we have something to relate to. It's not. A- if we were suddenly to begin to experience the emergence of innate knowledge of higher realities and our true nature or insights into the cause and effect processes of the universe, uh, it might, we might be bewildered, be bewildered to be something new. We'd wonder, what is happening to me? Am I losing it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm beginning to have experiences that are not consistent with my ordinary perception of reality. But if we have some intellectual grasp, uh, what the what sages and saints say, uh, then when our own innate knowledge begins to emerge, then we understand. We say, "Well, that's how it is." Now, mm-hmm. now, I, now I see. Mm-hmm. And this matter of self inquiry, inquiring into our true nature, I recommend uh, uh, simply asking or wanting to know, "What am I?" Uh, not who, but the personality, but what am I? As Behind this facade of personality and mind, what am I as the observer, as the knower, as this uh, never-changing, therefore eternal unit of pure consciousness? And by inquiring in this way, we can have first 
some intellectual concepts will will, will be formed perhaps, and then some some intuitive insights, and then eventually direct realization. Now I know. Now I now I know from experience what it is. Mm-hmm. So that's why we should we should inquire into our true nature. In Patanjali Yoga Sutra, in the first part of the first section of the text, uh, he mentioned uh, two ways to self-realization. Uh, uh, one, the way of uh, we've talked about uh, meditation, uh, detaching attention from all that we are not from all objective and subjective conditions and allowing eventually only the experience of what we are, and also the way of discriminative, uh, using discriminative powers of intelligence, that is discernment, uh, discerning, I am not that, I am not that, I am not that, I am not the mind, I am not the personality, I am not the body, I am not people's opinion of me, I am not even my own self-opinion. What am I? I am the knower, the the, the observer, and uh, so this is. We, we don't have to sit in a formal meditation pose to to investigate using our powers of discriminative intelligence. We can do that anytime. Ponder: What am I? What am I? What is the truth? What is the truth? Then the second way is meditation, which provides the opportunity for direct experience. By, by as I mentioned. Uh, a moment ago, detaching attention from externals, uh, moods, emotions, memories, thought processes, and uh, until we until we are, as the yogis say, uh, alone. Mm-hmm. But uh, that is not a uh, condition of loneliness, mm-hmm. but it is simply the experience of I exist. Mm-hmm. As as the one reality, yes. um, and 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 so that it seems that you know what what happens is that one hears the teachings, um, and as is traditionally portrayed in this way, that one one hears the teachings, it you know it stirs that uh, or quickens that yearning within us to be restored to wholeness, to to consciously know the truth of our being, and then the next stage is that uh, one can examine what they have heard. Um, through through study and contemplation, using the power of discernment and the intellect, um, and then that ultimately gives way to the direct experience of truth. So it's beyond mind, beyond intellect. Um, we, you mentioned in in the last segment when we were talking about this you know what god is um that there is one reality and this this one reality ha- has this uh, transcendental aspect that is pure um without attributes but there's also um that which has characteristics that that gives rise to um the manifestation of of this life that we experience so um how does how does one come to understand that that this one reality um, can really be all that is? Well, the one, one way is first to to read about or, or learn about what the people who are spiritually enlightened say about it, and then go about our go about the process of discovering for ourselves. But according to this philosophical view. From that field of, of, we call it God consciousness, uh, with, with attributes and characteristics, a, a vibration, an energy vibration is emanated, and uh, within it is produced characteristics of uh, space-time and cosmic forces, which further project and manifest as universes. And so the universe is simply... That that energy, that vibration, vibration, vibrating energy, flowing from the source, manifesting. I'm not. I don't know now whether or not that so-called cosmic vibration or OM, that energy manifestation, uh, goes along, uh, will or will explain or be compatible with the modern um, physicist theory of string theory, where all the finest units of matter are really vibrating units of of energy, but it might be, at least it'd be an opening for the yogis to explore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, uh, so there's one reality, 
And so it's not God and the universe, it's the energy of flowing from the source manifesting as the universe. And then naturally the uh, characteristics of that one reality pervade the universe. Uh, the first uh, teacher or guru in the, my lineage of Kriya Yoga teachers, uh, a saint known as Babaji, or Holy Father, or Respected Father, uh, said uh, decades ago to disciples that few people uh, know that the full reality of God uh, extends, completely, com- extends to this physical realm. Mm-hmm. So I know in unity, for instance, there is a common uh, phrase by unity teachers and, and uh, ministers uh, that, that where I am, God is. God is omnipresent. We, we are, that, that reality is omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient. There's no place where it does not exist. Therefore, where I am now, where you are now, where every individual is now in space and time, in this or other universes, if other universes exist, and if life is there manifesting in other universes, everyone at any moment exists in that one reality. Mm. So that reality is not a, not a, not apart from us. It is, it is not separate from us at all. And, and so this study, this um, this this practice of meditative contemplation helps us to then have the deepest understanding about the truth of our being. And, and I think it also, um, study helps us to um, understand more about spiritual practice, why we practice, you know, so it's not to become spiritual, but it is to um, experience directly the truth of what we are and to remove any obstacle to that, and study helps us um, to understand that. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and you're listening to the Yoga Hour with special guest Roy Eugene Davis, who will be the featured speaker at the upcoming International Kriya Yoga Congress in San Jose, March 7 to 9. You can go to csecenter.org. There's a banner there on the homepage you can click on um, to find a brochure about that Congress and register. You're welcome to attend. And coming up in our last segment, We'll be looking at the direct way uh, to awaken to self and God realization. We'll be right back with you. You have a coach in your corner, a life coach, that is. Like a coach in sports, a life coach can help you set clear goals and develop the confidence and tools you need to achieve them. Join certified life coach Carla McClellan Tuesdays at 3 p.m. for Vibrant Living on Unity Online Radio. Each week, Coach Carla and her guests will share strategies and solutions designed to help make your life more focused, more meaningful, and more vibrant. Do you have a specific issue or topic you'd like to discuss with Coach Carla? Call in toll-free Tuesdays at 3 p.m. during Vibrant Living, Life Coaching with Carla. Did you know that you are supported in your quest to create a more fulfilling life? In fact, spiritual psychology suggests that the key to purposeful living lies in your ability to embrace all of who you are and everything life has brought your way. Jesse Harriet wants to talk with you about how to do just that, being yourself and becoming yourself. That's what living on purpose is all about. Call in with your questions and comments for Jesse live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Central on Living on Purpose where we blend psychology and ancient wisdom. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're 
listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at yogahour at unity.fm and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and my guest today is Roy Eugene Davis, Spiritual Director of the Center for Spiritual Awareness in Lakemont, Georgia. He's editor-publisher of Truth Journal Magazine as well. In this last segment, we're going to be taking a look at the way of direct, uh, the direct way to awaken to self and God realization. Uh, I've heard you share the inspiring words of advice that your guru Paramahansa Yogananda offered to you when you were a young man and keenly aspiring to be self and God realized. Yogananda Ji said to you, don't allow yourself to be too concerned about what others do or don't do. Don't look back. Don't look to the left or to the right. Look straight ahead to the goal and go all the way in this lifetime and you can do it. Can you tell us a little bit more about, I mean, we can understand that that means, you know, be be focused, don't get distracted. But what did he mean more specifically um, about when he gave you that advice and how has it been supportive of you uh, over time? Mm-hmm. That was the last verbal advice that Parvamsa Yogananda gave me because I, I was visiting him at his desert retreat house in 29 Palms, California in late February of 1952, and he passed from his body on March 7 of that year, just three weeks or so after I was visiting him. And uh, we had we had been together about an hour or so privately in his living room and talking. And uh, uh, right at the very end, before he gave me his blessing and uh, terminated the the interview, he looked right at me and very quietly said that to me, uh, not to look, not not to get involved or be be upset or disturbed by anything that I heard heard or saw. And not to dwell in the past, not to be distracted, but stay focused. That is, maintain my my priorities. He always said that self-realization and God-realization are the most important aims in life to to uh, have actualized, and they should not be neglected. And for this, we have to be intentional. We have to be focused. That doesn't mean that we can't have harmonious relationships. It doesn't mean we can't have fun doesn't mean we can't have avocations or hobbies. Uh, we can enjoy living, appreciate uh, life as it is, but have our priorities straight and uh, self and God realization first and pay attention to that first. Mm. And uh, also remember that uh, it's not a matter of uh, arriving at a destination. It's a matter of fulfilling or having our destiny fulfilled, uh, destiny is a is a event that, that cannot be avoided, and I, it is the destiny of every soul, every being, to be spiritually enlightened. And uh, so, my view has always been: uh, if sometime, why not now, or why not very soon? Many people put it off in their back of their mind. Oh, I have time in the future. Or maybe in the hereafter, it'll be more more con- con- conducive to spiritual practice, <laughs> and so on. But uh, Yogananda emphasized to me and to others who would listen, but have that as your priority and focus on that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the most important thing. And, Not to and- be obsessive about it. We don't we don't want to be neurotic and obsessive. We should have this understanding that we can it, it can. It can be experienced. We can realize who we are and our relationship with the infinite. And and as you talk about you know this advice that your your guru gave you, especially this last advice to um, remain focused and intentional, um, it, it it's helpful to understand that on this path of of yoga, there's a distinction between being intentional. Um, and using effort, you know, um, sometimes people confuse those two, that, you know, 
an effort implies um, that, in a sense, we, we have to do something or create something. But intentional mm-hmm. is this focus that can allow our our innate knowledge um, to to be revealed, and and it it helps us to remember that this. Uh, this spiritual awakening that that we are yearning for is a, is a revelation, as you have said. It unfolds from within us. So intention, intentionality, focus is is Im- important, but it is distinct from uh, effort in, in the sense of you know trying to make something happen or right, building right. A, a spiritual condition. Yeah, no, we're not. We don't want to try to be forceful from an ego egocentric uh, basis. Like I am going to do it, by golly, you know. <laughs> but we, but there, there has to has to be intention and even some will, not willfulness, but will. I will do it, mm-hmm. and we uh, have to have to learn to concentrate, put our attention where we want our attention to be, and uh, this this is a matter of self training. I know some people will say, especially when they first start to meditate, oh, I can't meditate, my mind runs by itself, and my thoughts just jump here and there, and my, and my, I'm emotionally upset and, and frantic. Well, all they have to do is learn to sit, watch the breath, quiet, quiet the breathing, let the body quiet down, let the body processes slow down, be observant, and pretty soon they'll get the knack of it. Uh, anyone, uh, almost anyone, who's not psychotic, can learn to meditate effectively with practice, patient practice. That's the important thing. But the intention when sitting to meditate, I recommend when we first sit to meditate that we remind ourselves until we don't have to be reminded anymore, what am I doing this for? What, what, what is the point of this? Well, I want to clarify my, have my awareness clarified and be self-knowing. So we'd be, we should be intent on that and not sit there and just daydream or go to sleep or be preoccupied with our thoughts and our, our emotions and our memories. But it takes practice. And so in, in, in my early, early first two years with Paramahansa Yogananda, I meditated usually a total of three and four hours a day, two hours in the morning, two hours a night usually, sometimes longer, but... But usually on that schedule, and I remember the first uh, several months, I would, uh, with good intentions, such sit and pray, uh, have an invocation, acknowledge uh, God as I understood God at that time, and launch into my meditation practice using mantra or affirmation or breath observation. And after a while, I'd be off. <laughs> Daydreaming, every down memory lane or something, <laughs> and I have to catch myself and come back, bring my bring my attention back. I have to do that over and over and over and over. And then, but then, I, after a period of time, I learned to just sit and instantly be there in a meditative state, just quickly, very quickly. But uh, for most people, it takes time to to develop to develop that knack, which is what it is. Uh, you, you become more skillful, more proficient with attentive practice, and and to have self discipline. You know, you mentioned that it's necessary not to be willful, but to be able to use our will, and um, uh, and I would say also, of course, to be self disciplined. You know, to um, get get beyond um, the distractions that might take our um, attention and energy away from our highest goals. Um, we have just really one minute left here this okay. morning, so I want to ask you just for a closing thought for us. Uh, you know, what is the most important thing um, for a person um, to do who yearns for liberation? I think first aspire to be fully awake, acquire all, all, uh, as much uh, accurate knowledge about higher realities as possible, and learn how to calm the mind and live effectively and meditate skillfully. Mm-hmm. And just stay, stay, stay with that on a regular basis with, uh, with faith. And, it, and then the results, I think, will naturally be very uh, satisfying. 
Thank you so much. It's been uh, a joy to share this yoga hour with you, and I appreciate you being um, my guest again. For more information about meditation retreats at Center for Spiritual Awareness in Lakemont, Georgia, which are offered throughout the year, and Mr. Davis's publications and teaching schedule, be sure to visit csa-davis.com. Org. And as I mentioned earlier in the program, there are many uh, supports for your spiritual path there, um, booklets you can download, uh, streaming videos, and so forth. And remember, you're invited to join Mr. Davis in San Jose, California, March 6 through 9 for the 4th International Kriya Yoga Congress, bringing together um, devotees of God from around the world. So you can see his website or csecenter.org for information about that upcoming Congress. And be sure to um, check the Unity uh, FM online radio archives for other programs with Roy Eugene Davis from July 1st, uh, 2008, Paramahansa Yogananda as I knew him. Um, another one in September uh, 2011, Awaken Fully Now and Fulfill Your Divine Destiny. So there are several others. Go, just take a look through the archives and you'll be able to enjoy more. Join me next week for Yoga as a Global Movement, What Yoga Can Offer the World Today with Dr. Christopher Key Chapel. And remember to share the Yoga Hour with others through Facebook. I look forward to being with you next time. Until then, let your inner light shine into the world and remember to share your peace and your joy with all that you meet bye now bye Roy thank you again thank you for tuning in to the yoga hour living the eternal way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien join us every Thursday morning at 10 central 8 a.m. Pacific for practical purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day The Yoga Hour, living the eternal way, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. You've seen reality TV. Well, now get ready for reality radio. It's raw, unpredictable, and completely unscripted. Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels follows the lives of four people each season as they face their fears and overcome challenges. Listen in weekly and follow along as they take each faithful step on their journey. Learn what it takes to really heal your life. Dr. Chris Michaels shows you how to expect specific and measurable results from prayer. He says we must place a demand upon consciousness. We don't hope to get what we pray for. We expect it. As a 25-year veteran in the New Thought Movement, Dr. Chris has helped thousands of people find their way to success and healing. His faith is unshakable, and his commitment to helping others heal through the power of prayer is extraordinary. Don't miss Reality Radio, Healing Your Life with Dr. Chris Michaels, live Mondays at 11 a.m. Central Time on Unity Online Radio. Inspiration only takes a moment. Consider these inspirational thoughts from the quest for prayer from Unity House Books. Holding a special loving thought for other people benefits us as much as it benefits them. In fact, in some ways, even more so. Consider, for example, what happens when you wash your car with a hose. What gets clean first? The inside of the hose, of course because the water must rush through the hose before it can clean the car. So it is when we hold loving thoughts for someone. As those loving thoughts rush through us, they bless us first. It is a win-win situation. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Oprah 
Oprah Winfrey says that Eric Butterworth's book, Discover the Power Within You, changed her perspective on life and religion. Maya Angelou quotes Emily Cady's Lessons in Truth as she recalls her own spiritual awakening. What do these books have in common? They are Unity Classics. Join Rev. Laura Beth Gilbreth, Minister of Unity Transformation, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books. Each month, you'll be able to follow along and contribute your thoughts, questions, and ideas as we examine a different classic Unity book. From Charles and Myrtle Fillmore to Eric Butterworth, Emily Cady, and beyond, experience the foundational teachings of Unity. Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic books, Thursdays on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. 